In today's episode, we will be talking about Fallout and The Legend of Zelda on our cooldown callback, and then we head into the Checkpoint Chat, where we're going to talk about the future of Nintendo, Sony, and Microsoft as we go over the roadmaps for the remainder of 2022 and what's to come in 2023 and beyond. Hey, yeah. Three, two, one, go! Episode 59 of the Cooldown Time Podcast, the first ever second weekly episode of your favorite video game podcast starring your two slightly cool dads. What's up, kids? <laughs> My name is Pablo. With me today is the voice you know very well. It's the graphically impressive host himself, Marco. Marco, what's up, man? I get to finally let you know, just just kind of stand back in, in the cut a little bit and, and not host this episode. This is nice. And I get to troll you. During, all during the intros make me feel good make me feel good <laughs> i just I, honestly i just have to make sure uh we give you uh give you a little break there uh since we're going into a two episode weekly format so we got to make sure that we keep mm. that that voice silky smooth hey man my dick my dick <laughs> that see pablo does that to me too when i host the show he'll find a way to incorporate his penis into a conversation so now I get I get to this is all payback. <laughs> what, what do you? I was thinking about this. What do you think our fans uh, call themselves? Like iceheads, coldies, mm. coolios. I want to go with downers. Uh, I, I like downers. I feel like, like downers, downers okay. would, be, well, could, would be cool. Uh, just kind of matches my mood. I don't know. Maybe I'm projecting too much of myself, but I think yeah, that works yeah. for sure. We've heard your takes. We've heard them. <laughs> <laughs> right, wait a minute are Listen, you implying that i'm a negative minded person is that what you're saying no man i, I i'm implying that uh you thrive in the negativity to get to the positivity uh it's, that's that's what i'm that's well, what i'm saying that don't that don't really mean anything but i said it <laughs> it sounded great it, uh just I almost some information here it. as to what was that so i almost agreed with no. it all right well then Maybe uh, I should just next time shut my mouth and every time I, I, I give out some kind of wisdom, even though it makes no sense. I'm going to attribute it to Will Smith. That's what uh, usually the internet does. <laughs> Wait, what? Sorry, what? They'll just be like, Will Smith said this. I'm like, really? Okay. Uh, sounds like... Anyway, just some information here uh, as to what to expect for the Thursday episodes. Uh, usually the episode will consist of two segments, one being the cool down callback. Uh, which that? is basically a brief retrospect on retro or just older games we're playing in 2022. And then our old faithful moves over to Thursday, that's the Checkpoint Chat, where we tackle interesting topics and have long-form conversations about the things video games or things uh, related to video games. Uh, Marco, what's up? Where can they find us? All that good stuff. Oh, I don't know, man. Uh, you know, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Ooh. <laughs> okay. I don't know why I turned that into like a smooth jazz song, but no, uh, Apple Podcasts, sure Spotify, uh, other popular streaming apps. Y'all know my spiel. We're there where you need us and when you need us. So there shouldn't be any problem subscribing to us. It's what good people do. Uh, Pablo, they can also follow us on social media. You know where to find us too. We're on uh, Twitter at Cooldown Time Pod if you want to hear the tweets. Uh, and if you want some pictures, uh, not nudes, uh, that's the DMs Ooh, section. Or maybe. Um, we have Cooldown Time Podcast is our account there on IG if you want to want to get with us there and make it sexy. I don't know why I'm, I'm, I'm in that kind of mood today. Um, it's going to be yeah, a horny you. episode, guys. Jesus. 
My son is right here. That ain't my problem. That ain't my problem. <laughs> All right. But I mean, that's how that's how he got here, right? Honeyness. That's your story, not, not mine. Oh, let's not waste any more time. Let's get right into our cooldown callback. Um, we may or may not have a tag for this yet. Uh, so uh, if you hear something, enjoy. If you don't, shut the hell up. We going. We we working our own pace here. All right. So it is the cooldown callback. Uh, I'm going to talk about a game. Marco's going to talk about a game. Marco, why don't you go ahead and go first here uh, and tell us what game you're uh, you're playing right now. Yeah, so for the cooldown callback, I've been playing a little, little cult classic by the name of Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Uh, little, it's, little game. It's got a bit of a reputation for being, uh, you know, one of the greatest games ever made. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah, I was actually out on... Um, a, a work summit um, not too long ago, and I brought my Switch with me to the hotel, and um, I downloaded this hoe, man, and uh, you know, I, I, I haven't played the game since it first came out, so uh, it, it, it's been a long time since this game came out, which is kind of crazy to think about. Uh, it doesn't feel like it's been uh, five, five-ish years, but... Damn, that's a long time. It's been a while, bro, so yeah... Um, it's been really interesting, uh, you know, um, me in, in my history with Zelda has been a little different than, I guess, the conventional gamer, because I got into Zelda very late uh, in the game, yeah. so I did a lot of my Zelda stuff as, as kind of a catching up process over the years, um, so, you know, think I'm, I've been about a generation and a half behind, typically on average. Yeah, that's... I was gonna ask you that. I was gonna say, what was like your exposure to to the Legend of Zelda? You know, I mean, you usually, and just trying to give a, a quick breakdown, I, I kind of want to give a little history about the game and then the player, like you know your history with the series, whatnot. But I I think I'm gonna save my deep dive, not deep dive, but like my history about Zelda on another episode where we can talk about that a little more in depth. But as of right now, let's keep it on you here. So like you were saying, uh, you're saying that you came onto it a little late. Uh, what was your first Zelda game that you played? And then what have you played to, to catch up since then? And, and what's your favorite so far? So my first Zelda that I ever played um, was actually Wind Waker. So I got started uh, with Zelda in the GameCube era. And not to say that I never, ever touched a Zelda game before that. I just never really played them to, like, play them. Like, I'd be at a friend's house. They'd have Zelda going in the background on N64. And I'd, you know, oh. and I'd play around for a few minutes. And i go, oh, okay, I'm done. You know, because I was into different stuff at the time. Um, but when GameCube rolled around, I was really into GameCube uh, pretty heavily. Like um, Ninja Stars. <laughs> yo, why are you getting into my... That was nowhere near on the docket for today. But I had this thing with... There was a flea market uh, close to where we lived. And there was this weird, like, kiosk area where some dude would just pull up every weekend at the, at the flea market and sell shurikens. <laughs> This man had Marco had a collection of fucking ninja stars. I had all them stars. I had all of them. I Dude, had a you, whole like plastic box full of them things. Uh, I remember that. I know you did. Yeah, I can't believe Dude, you brought we, that up. We, that's that's embarrassing. It, bro, it's like we were. It was psychotic. Like, I, I think your parents got either a new refrigerator or a new wa- washing machine. It was this big old box, and we put that box in the middle of our cul-de-sac, and we threw ninja stars at it. And bow and arrows. Oh yeah. While my while, while my sister and and my sisters were riding bicycles uh, around the box, 
And we were like, yeah, sure. Just throwing weapon, uh, like lethal weapons at this Straight box. Like we up. had no training. We missed uh, a little to the left uh, arrow through my sister's <laughs> neck or something. No, but we were just like out there slinging some shits. And our parents were watching. They didn't care. Literally didn't just care. outside, sh- just just throwing projectile weaponry at each other. That's that was <laughs> that was our childhood. Oh man. Anyway, um, but yeah, yeah. So Zelda, right, guys? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So um, you know, I got in there late with Wind Waker first, um, and um, I decided to kind of double back um, because I I I was really intrigued about the old Zelda games, but. Even at the time with the GameCube era, like the N64 games didn't look very good at all. And they all had that muddy look to them. So I, I, I went back and I played Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask, but I never, I don't think I could ever appreciate them as well as somebody who did, who played those games when they came out, like around that time. Like I think I kind of missed the boat in, in a sense because of um you know just the leap in in graphical fidelity and i just didn't want to go back and play old ugly looking games in my you know younger years that was kind of my thought process but i got around to them and i i you know i respect those games for what they are um i i will never profess to be a lover of zelda but i am an i'm a severe liker of zelda uh, ever since and and uh i don't get to them all the time i skip some games i don't play some like i didn't play the Link's awakening remake that came out a couple years ago on switch i I, I don't i don't get i don't get busy with all of them but breath of the wild was one of those you know big releases where i there was no there was no getting around that game so i i went for it and uh, i really really enjoyed it at the time but um I came back to it, um, like I said, recently uh, for the first time in years, and you know it's it's really interesting, dude. Like Breath of the Wild in 2022 in a post Elden Ring era is is a really Ooh. fascinating experience. Now I, I want to obviously say for the listener's sake, I'm not in any way saying that Elden Ring and Breath of the Wild are trying to be the same thing. That is that is ridiculous. Um, but they're not not trying to be the same thing, right? Um, you know, I, I think where they they run parallel is that they're both those like milestone, like you know, seminal releases that that come out that just kind of change how you look at open world games uh, and what they can be. And I, I think in that sense, yeah. they share that kind of um, importance, also, you know. An emphasis on exploration, exactly. Where, uh, no, no, not holding your hand. Where it's right. like, right, right, go do, go do your shit. Exactly. And to that point, you know, there's things that I think the game still does incredibly well, um, five-ish years later, and there's some things that coming back to it now, I've realized are maybe not bad, but just not rewarding in the ways that I think yeah. that you know. In, if this game came out in 2022, I think that they would be problematic. Um, I think the things they get right that still hold up to this day is w- where you just left off, bro, with the, with the exploration, being able to traverse anywhere, and and the way that they make they make your exploration rewarding. Like, you know, places that you climb up or you scale to that you wouldn't think has anything up at the top of a mountain that that would be there for you that they just have it could be something as simple as a korok seed thing or like a a treasure box but there's always that 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 uh carrot at the end of the stick and there is some type of reward for you for exploring and even though i've 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 combed that world you know up up and down and i know a lot of that stuff like the back of my hand already it still doesn't get old 
Um, and I think that's a testament to its open world design and just the way that they encourage that um, hands-off exploration, like you said. That, that stuff still holds up remarkably well. Uh, and the art style. I think this has always been a huge staple of what makes Zelda great. Uh, dating back to even my first uh, experience with Zelda, which was Wind Waker. Um, th- just something about this art style, you know, is it the best? Does it have like aliasing issues? Yes, it does. The frame rate can dip some- sometimes. But the general art style of that game is really special and has been um, very influential uh, in the years to come. You know, when we see other, you know, some-, some games that are heavily inspired by Breath of the Wild look a little bit like Breath of the Wild, too. Um, and I think that they stuff still a looks bit great, too. What's that? They smell a little bit like like them too. Okay. <laughs> Just okay. smell it. Just put your face in smell it. Okay, we're not motorboating Breath of the Wild right now. That's what we're not going to do. Oh man. Um but you know, I think um I think where the game sort of gets a little wonky in 2022 is and, and this might not be something people would think of. Um I happen to think that this game does not necessarily do the best job of making combat rewarding. And what I mean by that is, is there is really no sort of XP-based systems. There's nothing that you get from defeating enemies. You, 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 actually, you actually stand to lose more than you gain uh, because of weapon damage and so on and so forth. You know, so... It, I found myself in this playthrough kind of just intentionally avoiding enemies because there's really no there's no systems or mechanics set in place in that game to gain anything from defeating enemies, period. Uh, you just you fight because you saw a little cluster of people over there. There may or may not be one of those like treasure boxes that unlock when you beat everybody in that area. And sometimes those treasure boxes have like five arrows in them (laughs) you know and and it's so it's like okay well i i broke three weapons i didn't get anything for beating all these enemies up it was just a cool little moment i guess and i got five arrows from it so i think in terms of being a rewarding (laughs) combat experience um it doesn't really hold up that well and i think the same could be said for the combat itself i think it's a little rudimentary at times um and doesn't always feel the best um, I, I don't know if I could say that there's ever really been, and Pablo, you can disagree here if you want, but I don't know if there's ever been a, a Zelda game where the the pure combat has ever been great, great. Like I've 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 seen good combat in Zelda, but I've never felt it be like, oh, that's I, great combat right there. I mean, I I I guess I I would disagree in that you know a lot of I am a Zelda fan. For those of those of you who don't know, I have it like literally tattooed on my skin. Uh, but I, um, I w- and because of that, I would say that for me, with the exception of Skyward Sword, every Zelda game that has come out has had great combat, but it is very much a capsule in time where Ocarina of Time for me had incredible combat. You can't play that game today, uh, and be like, this is great combat. It's actually pretty bad, you know? Sure. So in that sense, I, I think that I, I I disagree slightly. However, I will say Breath of the Wild is probably the game that had the most, um, I guess, the most next-gen or, or current-gen combat. And it and in that way, it is rudimentary and little basic and, and not, as, not as revolutionary in my mind as Ocarina was or even 
um, or even a, a Twilight Princess was at the time. So yeah, I guess I would agree with you there um, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, um, it, and it's all subjective, obviously. And, and I'm not saying again, I'm not saying the combat's bad. I'm just saying that there's, there's not enough yeah. reward for actually, you know, engaging in combat unless you absolutely have no choice. And then the combat itself kind of leaves a little bit to be desired. Um, I will say the other thing, and, and this has been a hot debate ever since the game came out, is are you a shrine guy or are you not a shrine guy? Um, and I have to say, I think the shrines, for me, if if I'm being honest, well, okay, if I'm being totally honest, I prefer like the more traditional Zelda format than I do kind of the puzzle adventure kind of component of the shrines, right? Like a lot of them... There's some like that are like tests of strength, I think, or whatever they call it. And then there's a lot of them that are more like puzzle rooms and stuff like that, where you use some of the powers you get. Um, I don't know if a lot of those hold up particularly well um, for two reasons. I think, number one, the the use of, of gyro controls and motion controls mm. is really miserable at times. Um, I played Undocked, and there was a couple of those rooms where I was like, tilting my switch around in my hands like not even able to look at the screen anymore that bitch because up in the air. yeah dude i was practically juggling that hoe <laughs> and uh <laughs> and i just could not get this like this little this this thing to like level out in a way where i can i can cross it and go to the other side i'm like oh my god this is so frustrating so i and i think some of that frustration is probably a little bit of leftovers from um oh crap i'm blank now i'm blanking out i do what you do i'm literally doing what you do on this show but you now it's right me. now um, Skyward Sword, the reliance uh-huh. on the motion and the waggle and all that stuff. Like, I, I, I just want a Zelda game that leaves that stuff alone, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and I think for the sake of replayability, uh, the shrines, once you remember, you'll remember them well enough to just kind of breeze through them and they're not as rewarding the second time around. Um, so I think that in terms of replayability sake, isn't, isn't the best either. Um, I'm, no. I, I prefer more, I would have preferred more like traditional dungeons to earn some of that stuff than kind of dealing with the whole shrine thing and then doubling back to go to the prayer thing and then get, you know, more stamina or health. Yeah. I didn't really like that regimen per- too much. Personally, I, I will say I'm a shrine guy, but not in sacrifice of the more traditional dungeons that, that uh, Zelda has done in the past. I think that, I hope, that Breath of the Wild 2 would benefit really from still having shrines, but also having those traditional dungeons, which, I mean, I, I do think, like, uh, the fact that the shrines are, are, are in no way, shape, or form obligatory uh, part mm-hmm. of the gameplay, just some extra... I, I would love to see 150 more shrines yeah. in, in Breath of the Wild 2, but I don't want to see the same kind of... Uh, the kind of setup where they had shrines that were pretty much taking place of the dungeons and stuff. And they mm-hmm. had the five, of course they had the five um, divine beasts that you had to go to. And, and those acted more as traditional dungeons, which were traditionally more like the other, other games. But I would love to, uh, in your sense, when you're talking about Elden Ring, I would love uh, a breath of the wild to, to come out and be like Elden Ring where they have these little spots where you go in and it's like a full fledged out mm-hmm. dungeon. Um, and I don't know if that's going to happen. And in that way, I think that, that Breath of the Wild 2 could suffer from its old kind of, uh, you know, build just based on the fact that Elden Ring has done it better. And, yeah. you know, when this game came out, for me, it, it's incredible. It's still a 10 uh, out of 10 incredible. game. It's incredible. It's still but, a 10 out of 10 but, game. But, I mean, no Elden question. Ring is, 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 
It's just it's crazy, oh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, last thing I'll say again, I, I really hope the sequel has some kind of leveling system, XP system that that justifies pursuing battles. I, I, I know that sounds like a cliche thing to want in an open world game. Some people will roll their eyes when they hear that. But if you go back and play Breath of the Wild, you, you just you're, you're beating enemies and there's nothing you get from doing that at all. Uh, and I think that's a real problem that I hope they're able to address in 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 this game in the future. But uh, other than that, it was nice to come back and play it again. I'm, I'm not going to beat it or anything. I just wanted to kind of relive some of those moments again and, and see how it felt. And it, it holds up remarkably well, minus a few things that are, again, in, in that in that realm of subjectivity, but still, um, you know, a classic game. But I, I know you wanted to ask me uh, some things before we move on to your game. So no, what you, I, got? I, you actually answered them when I was I was going to ask you more about, you know, um, how did you f- your first exposure and what game mm. you played and uh, what's your favorite of, of I'll ask you this what's your favorite of the Zelda games um, um you know, what's your favorite is I'll it- give you a top 3 um I got um my number 3 would be Ocarina of Time my number 2 my number 2 is probably Breath of the Wild I ain't gonna lie and my number 1 and it could just be because I played it it was my first one but Wind Waker to me just it just hit different for me. I love that art style. I felt the gameplay was 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 great. It has some dry spots for sure, but it I I really enjoyed it overall. I really hope that they do that. Um, they do the the collection. Um, and it comes the over HD to the thing. Switch because yeah, that's yeah. that's that's a game that I played, and I I I played it. I beat it, and I'm like I didn't like it, and then I was like. <laughs> I was like, I don't like this game because it, it, I, I fell into the. Con- I'll admit, I, I, I'm man enough to admit, I fell into that conversation with the cell shaded stuff, and I'm like, ugh. And it was so different from like the original kind of Zelda games in, in terms of like the story and then the reveal halfway through as to yeah. you know certain thing that happened. I'm not gonna spoil the game because it might come off for Switch. Uh, and I was like, I don't know if I like that too much. But then thinking about it, and when the Wii U. Uh, uh, HD came out, uh, and you know they they kind of fixed some of the traversal stuff. Yeah, it's underrated. I want to play it again, uh, and I really want to give it another go because I, I think it could probably uh, be my second favorite. Um, but, you know, we'll see because, um, yeah, I really like Breath of the Wild. It is, it is a part of my top ten games of the year. I'm almost scared to go back to it just because of Elden Ring. But Top we'll ten see. games of all time or, or the year? Of all time, yeah, sorry. Oh, uh, okay. Year, yeah, like, well, time. I guess that yeah, would be yeah. it would be the same anyway, right? But Yeah, okay. yeah of all time for sure. All right, cool. Well, I, I'm, I'm playing a different game here. Uh, I'm playing... You know, with everything happening with Starfield and all that good stuff, and Bethesda being uh, in 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 the, in the in the zeitgeist with the conversation, I'm playing Fallout 4 here, uh, and I am having a hell of a time. Uh, you know, Fallout is a, is a series that started in 1997. Uh, Black Isle was a developer of the series, then Bethesda took over and kind of reimagined the entire uh, series. It was asymmetrical kind of turn-based uh, combat game. And it be, they made Fallout 3, which is, you know, one of the f- best games of all time, probably. You know, like, it's it, it's it kind of structured what Western RPGs were going to be going forward, and it is incredible. So when, so when 4 came out, you know, there was that conversation where it wasn't as revolutionary or evolved even as 3, and I agree, but I, I really fucking love Fallout 4. And, I'm, and that's kind of been cemented here in my replay. Um, Marco, I want to ask you this. Is Fallout 4... Overrated, underrated, or rightly rated, in your opinion? Um, well, what would you say? What would you say the consensus is? I guess. Well, the conversation about Fallout Four ranges from it being terrible to it being 
not as good as three. But I, I think really, which, which I agree w- w- with that in terms of it not being as good as three. But I think really the general consensus is that Fallout Four is not a good game. Um, if it's if that's the consensus, I think that's crazy. Um, I think this it's is crazy. a I think this is a great game. Um, I don't know if I would go as far as to call it their best overall, um, but I think it has a special place in my heart because to me. Um, I really, and it's controversial, and I think you might actually touch on it. So I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, cut in front of your points. But the Go fact ahead, that I, the fact that it was voice acted as a protagonist to me made that story feel more intimate, especially when it came to like the story about you know his his uh, his son being taken or her son, depending on who you pick. Obviously, um, that, that stuff that stuff was really cool. Um, you know, it was it a role playing game in a sense of you can be whatever imaginary person that you are. Uh, kind of thing no um, it's, it wasn't that kind of game it kind of put you on rails and said you are a part of a married couple that yeah. had a kid it, you know and so they kind of set you on that path which I get might not have been ideal for some people who are used to the old school style but I, I really I, enjoyed that so I was in I think what they were doing is you know Fallout 3 is its own game and I think that what they were trying to do is basically make Fallout 4 a little different and it was a little more concentrated in its story, and that affected its scope in terms of endings. There's really like all the endings with uh, all the factions are the same, except when if you do it with the um, with the institute, that's the only different uh, ending really. There, mm. look, three changes the way you, you play Fallout, uh, and you know in that regard, you, you really can't compare the, the two. I think even me saying that I love Fallout Four, I think Fallout Four is my third favorite Fallout game be- be- behind Fallout Three, New Vegas. And, and and four coming to the fray, and I and, and I'm not saying that three is uh, that four is bad. It's just it's not as good as those other games, but it's different too. It is very different from those games, and I think in some senses it took the the uh, companions of of New Vegas and, and and kind of fleshed them out because I didn't really care too much about the companions in New Vegas. I really cared about like the companions in Ford, and obvi- and obviously the the just the advancement in graphical output and then the shooting of the game is fantastic. Um, ultimately for me uh the conversation and i want to go back to what you were talking about the conversation behind the voice protagonist it did affect it 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 did affect it a little bit and you know starfield is kind of rectifying that with having its its main protagonist being uh silent silent and but with that having over two hundred thousand uh you know uh two hundred thousand with words or something or sentences conversations lines yeah i guess sentences yeah yeah lines whatever however they um but it it did affect the scope in that way uh but besides that you know i i just kind of wanted to bring up fallout 4 in the midst of all that and and it really shaped what games were going to be with that open world i don't think any game has touched it until witcher 3 uh, because I think when you look at other games like Assassin's Creed, which are you know technically RPGs, they just went way overboard with with like like handholding and like this is a side quest, this is the main quest. Like I, I, there was a lot of natural of uh, kind of like occurrences in in Fallout Four, at least you know perceived that way. Um, but with Fallout Four specifically for you, um, do you kind of consider it as a game that as an open world Western RPG that really can stand next to to games like Witcher 3. Hmm. I mean if it's if it's against Witcher 3 then I I, I might have to say no actually. Um yeah. I think that uh, I, Witcher 3 did I think a better job of kind of ha- knowing what to do with a lot of loose ends. Uh and and yeah. knowing how to tie them up all in a really nice way whereas I think Fallout has always had 
historically a pretty crude way of ending things for players. Um, mm-hmm. You know, still images and you know, little like epilogue things that don't really feel like a real earned ending, I think has always been a deflating aspect of that game for me. Um, and I think structurally Fallout 4, even at, a, at even at the time, it was a little creaky in some ways. Oh, yeah. um, it was, it was uh, borrowing a little too heavily from its predecessors. And I wish that in terms of the flow and structure of the game that they, they, I wish they would have tried a few more new things and evolved it a bit more. Uh, I think it was a yeah. Other than the voice acting thing, I think it was actually kind of a safe game for them. Um, yeah, I wouldn't say it was a very daring. Like we're gonna we're gonna try to do something different with this one. I think they were really just trying to do just something different narratively, uh, whereas everything yeah. else was kind of the fallout you love for better and for worse. Yeah, and I, and I think that's that's one of the things that hurts Fallout 4 ultimately is they, they try to tell a very personal and structured story in a open, do-anything, immersive kind yeah. of RPG. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, hey, I have to go get my son Sean, <laughs> but also let me do let me spend hours and hours going into Diamond City, yeah. getting haircuts, getting hairdos, walking the the that one path that leads you to the underground, the railroad. People, it's like it's so much shit that it's like, yeah, uh, it's, all right, it's like, very it, bad. It really hurts it in that way, story wise. And yeah. I think that's I think that's the main issue with the game, and and that's kind of why I'm hyped about not hyped, but I'm excited about Starfield being a little bit more like. Um, you know, like Fallout 3 or New Vegas, where they're not going to have that voice protagonist. There's probably going to be some kind of story, but I hope that the story is a lot more, uh, you know, contextual within, like, what you're doing with the world. How you how you're, how you are, are affecting that world, rather than, I got to find my, my son, Sean. And, I, you know, that kind of stuff is... It, I felt like they worked backwards. What if the, the ending... What if Sean was this... And then they worked backwards from that. And you really couldn't get... I mean, Fallout 3 definitely had that where you got to go find your dad as well. But, you know, it, it was less, like, structured in story beats. Like, you definitely... It held your hand to get to those kind of story beats. And it just felt a little weird. Let me join a faction before I go, why? Why the <laughs> fuck do you need to join the Brotherhood of Steel if you're going to go find your son? But uh, anyway, um, yeah, man. I mean, I, I think that Fallout 4 is, is for me, to, to go back to and to, to wrap this up and, and answer the question that I asked you, is I think it's it's pretty underrated in that way because I think the way they talk about Fallout 4 is it's some kind of failure. But, I mean, obviously, sales-wise, it wasn't. But I really do think that Fallout 4 does a lot. And I and I would be I would be shocked if Fallout 5 is, is different from 4 in that... I wonder if that's where they're going to take the series, you know, with Starfield and Elden Ring, an Elden Ring, uh, Elder Scrolls, uh, if Fallout, if they're going to try to make Fallout more a cinematic narrative experience, which would, would kind of suck, but we'll see. Uh, yeah. We'll see about that. All but right. anyway, that, that does it for this uh, part of the show. We're going to go ahead and move in now to our checkpoint chat where we're going to talk about console roadmaps. And so where we're going, we don't need roads. Anybody? Anybody seen just, that movie? Just let just do just do the sound bite right now. All right, all right. It's time for the checkpoint chat. All right, so let's do this. Let's talk about roadmaps here, Marco. Okay. So we have, you know, 
the Xbox showcase came out and they talked about their next 12 months and what they're going to bring to the table, you know, and so I, that got me thinking, I wonder, comparatively speaking, what other game, what other companies, Sony and Nintendo specifically, are, are doing in that way. I mean, did is did that work? Did the twelve month kind of knowing what's coming is that is that something that that's gonna that works for us? It gets gets us excited, and so I kind of put down I, I put down in this document here everything that PlayStation has coming down the road and beyond twenty twenty three, and same thing with Nintendo and same thing with Xbox. Now I understand that Xbox Xbox did was a little different in terms of like kind of telling you what they have, uh, and, and and everything that we're gonna talk about isn't exactly set in stone or representative of what Sony's gonna bring to the table or Nintendo, especially Nintendo. Nintendo being so damn, you know, like they'll have a a, a, a direct tomorrow and they'll announce like four games coming in two days. You know, like <laughs> you know that, they will. That's like what they do. So, but we're, we're we're gonna look at kind of like the big games, the big franchises, and, and kind of talk about what exactly we're gonna what to expect and, and how we feel about each of the roadmaps. And, and I'll, towards the end of it, we'll talk about what we're more excited about. What roadmap is, is better for us? Do we think it's going to kind of benefit our, our, our gaming habits? Uh, and, and let's start here with uh, PlayStation. Um, and Mark, you have anything to add? No, no. Um, I think it'll be interesting to kind of, you know, dissect these roadmaps a little bit and, and, and kind of see who's got kind of, the best year to come. So yeah, I'm I'm, I'm kind of cool with uh, running through these games and, and talking about it. Let's go. All right, I'm gonna start from the top. I'm gonna start from what's coming out this year. At any time, if you want to stop and talk about a specific game or have any thoughts about this, just go ahead and interrupt me. I'll probably right? I, I think I'll probably wait until after we run through them all, uh, and then I'll because okay. I have a few like talking points that I got for each of these. So we, well, yeah, let's. That let's sounds go. good. So PlayStation roadmap, and 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 again, these may not be all. And, oh. Another caveat here: these are all exclusive to the to the console, right? At the very least, uh, exclusive console exclusive. I'm not. I don't have here like uh, anything uh, that that it's gonna come out. Like I don't have like um, Dragon Age Four or anything like that. Just just specific to the consoles the consoles themselves. Um, and I may not have every game, so excuse me. We probably but, missed uh, a few, but that's at the very least, I'm covering the big games here. Okay? Right, right. In July, which is uh, coming up here rapidly, we have Stray. Mm-hmm. We have Story of Seasons, Pioneers of all of town. I think that's kind of like a farming sim type of game. Who? In August we have Roller Drome. <laughs> we have uh, Earth Defense Earth Defense Four Six. In September we have The Last of Us Part One, mm-hmm. which is The Last of Us remake. Let's go. In October we have Forspoken, or so they have said or spoken. <laughs> ah. uh, in 2022, uh, these are the unscheduled releases. Uh, we got Deathverse, Let It Die, uh, The Saga 6, Defiance of Destiny, God of War, Ragnarok, Season, A Letter to the Future, and Valkyrie, Elysium. And then going forward, uh, these games have been confirmed for 2023. Uh, uh, we have Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. Final Fantasy uh, 15. 16. Uh, the Last of Us Factions 2, or it's untitled, but that's kind of what we're going to call it right now. Uh, Marvel Spider Man 2. We got uh, Tichia, which is <laughs> a, a, a cheat. Was it, how do they say? You know how to say that? Tichia. Tichia. Which is, it looks like a pretty cool game. And Horizon Call of the Mountain, which is a VR game. Yep. Uh, and these games are unconfirmed for 2023. And I, ha- I threw some stuff on here that's beyond 2023 as well. Uh, Knights of the Old Republic remake. Uh, Final Fantasy VII Part Three, uh, also uh, untitled. Uh, Marvel's Wolverine. 
a sequel to uh, Ghost of Tsushima, which was confirmed through a job listing and multiple unannounced titles from Ben, Naughty Dog, and all the big, uh, uh, big uh, developers. Oh, and I have a category here for other because they do have the release of the PSVR, Correct. which is probably coming out sometime next year. So they have that going. Uh, anything on PlayStation? Yeah, a lot of things on PlayStation. Um, so I think trash. Uh, <laughs> I think first Definitely and foremost, not. let's let's start where where you left off, right? Yeah. Um, I think I think people are really going to have to wrap their heads around the fact that PSVR two is going to be a big part of um, PlayStation's roadmap moving forward, um, and it's going to be bittersweet for some people uh, because I think a lot of people are going to wish that the manpower that they're devoting to PSVR 2 in terms of software would go into regular core games. But this is an important um, aspect of the market that PlayStation really wants to get into. And so um, I'm really excited and curious to see how, how it goes and what to expect from its launch. Um, yeah. And just how much they, f- they focus on it in state of plays in the future and so on. Um, that's going to be a really, really interesting aspect of their year just in general yeah um and i think horizon call of the mountain going back to that is going to be a major piece of that puzzle because in a lot of ways there's a there's a bunch of pressure on that game to be great uh to really justify why someone would want to commit to another psvr system where the last one um while had the occasional bright spot here and there never really took the world by storm um and now you have oculus as kind of the de facto name in the VR market, so if you're PlayStation, what do you do? How do you how do you tackle yeah. that beast? And I think that's going to be a big question mark for them, uh, for sure. I will say that it, to that point, I think that that's going to be Sony's uh, intent for sure. But uh, if it doesn't pan out, I, I I wouldn't be shocked if they they kind of go the way of the first PSVR, where it's like it's niche, it's for some people, it's not for everybody. Yeah. Uh, but I, I kind of hope that it, it, it hits because I, I do want them to invest in, in the PSVR in the VR space because I want games like Half-Life Alex to, to come to the platform. And I don't know if they'll be able to do that if, if the, the, the system itself, the PSVR 2, isn't supported. So in that way, I, I'm, I'm not a VR guy. I don't think VR is, is a thing for me. But I, I would yeah. be, I would be really, I'd be okay with, with having like five, uh, a handful of games per year that are quintessential VR experiences. You know, they don't have to be the, the kind of games that I like to play. You know, I don't know how exactly um, Horizon Call of the, of the Mountain is going to play, but I, you know, I, I have an open mind to that. I, I feel like they, I feel like as their flagship that they must have found something that really works for them in that way. And if yeah. it doesn't, then it doesn't work. But I, I don't think it could hurt to have an additional, you know, extended portfolio besides your traditional software on ps uh ps5 yeah i think other than that i'd say my highlight games are probably stray the last of us god of war the final fantasies uh anything insomniac um and pretty much anything naughty dog including factions too um i'm really i think a lot of pressure is also on factions to be sony's real Mm -hmm. big first multiplayer live service um so i'm going to be extra curious to see what they do with that because uh, there's a lot of pressure yeah. on that too. I mean, if you want to make it a bigger project and split it off from the uh, the remake, that's great. But 
um, what are you going to do? And um, yeah. how gratuitous are you going to make that? Is it going to be uh, a, a, a bad live service game? Like what's what's in store there is a big question mark. But I, I think that they're going to have, um, if God of War comes out at the end of this year, I think they're going to have a really, you know, overall have a great 2022 uh, cumulatively. And I think 2023 looks pretty solid actually too, uh, for the most part. And there's still stuff that, like I said, we probably don't know about yet. Um, so oh, for sure. there's yeah. a lot to look forward to here. They have a really good workflow and cadence to their first party releases where it seems like you'll get at least two first party games per year as, as a bare minimum. And that's a really good, yeah. a really, really good, reliable number. Um, I wish it would be more obviously like anybody else does, but that's, that's a good, that's a good bare minimum in my opinion. So yeah, I think so. Yeah. Where yeah. Look, I'll say, I'll say, um, Mostly positive. I have like a few kind of things where uh, I I'm question. I have questions, but let's start with the positive. First and foremost, proven studios. I mean, look, uh, they're right now for my money. There is no equal to a Naughty Dog or a Santa Monica studio. Nintendo or Insomniac. And I will say Insomniac also. or Insomniac. Yeah. Exactly. I would say those three studios are the best development studios in terms of quality product, even more than Nintendo. I I'll, I'll go out and say that. Um, mm. I think, of course, Sony has games uh, that are also proven entities, but my concern is how long do we have to wait for those sequels? You know, right now, you know, we, we're pretty much coming on Ragnarok, and after that, I don't see anything coming f for a while because these games just came out a couple of years ago. So there's that, but there's also the concern of, of them kind of focusing too much on the sequels to those products and maybe not enough room for a new IP. Um, so I, I'm, I'm wondering what they'll do uh, if, if maybe, you know, if Santa Monica moves on to something else after Ragnarok and, 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 and if Insomniac does something other than Marvel after uh, Wolverine. Uh, but other than that, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for Sony. I mean, how can you see these games and not be excited? I mean, this year for me, they, it's hard. You can't count out what they've already done. Um, and really, when they look at the when you look at the competition, uh, I think I think they they're pretty much have this in hand. Uh, maybe besides Nintendo, uh, but yeah, they really had a, a great year. And if if they are able, which I think they will be, to release Ragnarok this year, that's going to be a crazy year for them. And 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 a year where pretty much everybody has said it's like one of the worst years of video games. Not for not for uh, not for PlayStation. You know, yeah. uh, GT Seven, uh, Forbidden West. And uh, God of War Ragnarok. The only way this could go south for them is if his Ragnarok is, is bad, which I don't see that happening. Yeah, that'd be that'd be crazy. I, I don't see that happening. Yeah, um, but yeah, and even yeah. And, and I will, and I will say even if it is bad, let's say it's like terrible, I still think Sony has a leg up on most because of Forbidden West and GT Seven. To be quite honest, and the stuff that they have coming out this year, like the little stuff like Stray, could be a, a banger for them. So yeah. we'll see there. Yeah, what happens there? I want to say one quick thing though, like. Mm -hmm. The GT7 slander on the internet now, post Forza Motorsport, is really annoying right now. Like, a bunch of people who don't yeah. play these games are trying to tell everybody oh, God. who plays these games that GT7 is inferior because it doesn't have ray tracing in the races. That's stupid. Like, w w stop talking. Look, <laughs> those same people for like a month thought that the game did have ray tracing. They don't know what they're talking they about. Don't they don't know what, what they're, they're talking about. Like, it, it's, and, and the it, issue... it's been so weird, man. Yeah, and the issue with GT Seven has nothing to do with gameplay, visuals, or, or 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 kind of like the game loop. It's all about the way that that company has treated DLC and the live service stuff. And, and honestly, 
you know, Markle played the game without getting into that kind of stuff. You, it's still enjoyable experience to my, to, you know, from what you've told me, without getting into that kind of stuff. So yeah, it, it's always like the whataboutisms where it's like, oh, yeah. this game. Yeah. They're talk. They're 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 crowning a game that they have not even played yet as the best sim racer without it coming out. Because this game come out and be. Sure, they don't have that that history of being bad, but it could come out and just not be as good. Yeah, we'll exactly. see. You have to kind of wait to, to for that shit to happen. Um, all right, so let's move on to Nintendo's roadmap. Uh, Nintendo is hidden early here. They have something in June, which comes out this Friday. As a matter of fact, it's Fire Emblem Three Hopes, which is a Musu um, uh, approach to Fire Emblem, which is done before. Uh, it's getting pretty good reviews, actually. I think it's like around 80, 81 in Open Critic right now. So, yep, people are enjoying that. Uh, July is a big, another big month for Nintendo. They have uh, Live Alive, which is a uh, kind of a remaster remake of a game that never came out here. Of a you know. Um, uh, JRPG, which yep. I'm kind of looking forward to. Uh, it's going to be, uh, I guess it'll be more like review heavy for me in terms of how it does. And then they have obviously Xenoblade Chronicles 3, um, which we had a huge uh, uh, direct today. And that shit looked like, it looked crazy, but also yeah. looked like work. Yeah, we'll, but we'll probably talk way. about it, it more in the, in the next episode, but yeah. Yeah, in yeah. Monday's episode. And then they uh, then they go quiet in August, and then in September, another banger, Splatoon 3. Uh, October, they got nothing. November, Pokemon Scarlet, Violet, like, goddamn, like, you know? And then, and they haven't had the Direct yet. Uh, uh, there's rumors about a Donkey Kong game. There's rumors about the Zelda uh, collection as well coming. So there's a lot of stuff here uh, for this year alone that, that's crazy. Uh, 22, um, these are uh, 22 uh Unscheduled releases so far, which is Advance Wars 1 and 2 Remake, uh, Elekhead, uh, uh, Front Mission uh, First Remake, Mario Plus Rabbits, Spark of Hope. Uh, they've recently said about uh, Sparks of Hope, Ubisoft has said that they will get that game guaranteed before April or something. So they, they, they didn't delay to 2023, but they said yeah. you'll get it before then, so I'm guessing it probably is late 2023. Um, Metal Slug Tactics, which look kind of cool. We are OFK. Uh, Bayonetta 3, and a game that I'm convinced is Vaporware, <laughs> Sports Story. Man, I could put that shit in 2023 oh, as well, and man. it would probably not come out then either. Uh, as we know, Nintendo doesn't really do too much in terms of uh, what's coming out later, but as of right now, they do have confirmed 2023 releases of uh, Another Crab Treasure. Did you, did, you, did you see that game, Another Crab Treasure? I have no idea what that is. I thought it was a SpongeBob That game. is a straight-up... Uh, Dark Souls esque game, but it's about a crab and it's underwater. It looks pretty dope. It's a, it's, it looks another it dumb, looks pretty cool. Stupid indie game with another silly premise that holds yes, it back yes, and keeps it, it from taking off in the mainstream. All these dumb indie games that's got. A, what if you stop. play as a cupcake with a sword, I, like a Dark Souls man, game, I, it's and like, fight tomatoes? It's like they created this game off a generator. Ugh. I agree, but it looked really good. The same thing with the next game, Gumbrella. Um, that that game looks fantastic. I, I would you I would I would check out Grimbrella if you haven't. Um, and then of course the untitled sequel to Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild, which uh, they said it's coming out next year. It's supposed to come out this year. Uh, fingers crossed. Man, if that don't come out next year. I am fighting strangers in the street and punching my newborn in the stomach. Oh my god! Uh, <laughs> unconfirmed for 2023 Whoa. and beyond. Uh, <laughs> What? He opened his eyes. By the way, he's right next to me, and he opened his eyes. Say like what? Try it, bitch. 
uh, unconfirmed for 2023 and beyond. Dragon Quest Heroes 1 and 2, which is another Musu game that came out in Japan. Never made it over here. Apparently, it's coming out as a package. Metroid Prime 4. Yeah, that game exists. Uh, Front Mission 2 Remake and Pikmin 4, which apparently they've had that in the pot in their pockets for like a long time. Yeah, and then um, you have like it could probably. I, I was just to say, and also what we've heard, we were just talking about Zelda. Like we've heard a lot of rumors of like HD games they've had in the tuck as well. So hopefully, yeah, yeah, uh, including Metroid Prime uh, One. Yeah, uh, yeah. So never know if those will then, show up. Yeah, and I think I heard somewhere so that Pikmin Four was kind of redone a little bit, and I think it'll just be called Pikmin when it comes out. It won't be, it won't have the four on there either. So we might, we might even see that this year. So we'll see on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then other, um, you know, as always, there are rumors about a possible announcement for a Nintendo Switch successor. Um, maybe we won't get it next year, but I'm pretty sure that next year, towards the end of of, of the year, we might get some kind of direct kind of announcing the, the the Super Nintendo Switch or some on some bullshit like that uh, that will come out and be immediately uh, underpowered and still last six years <laughs> and pump out some of the best games of all time. That's just that's just what they fucking oh, do. Oh, man. Um, okay. Okay. What do you got on this? All right. So I think it's pretty safe to say that Nintendo is not playing games with y'all, mm. man. Yeah. Nintendo, well, listen, and I've, I've, I've had a love-hate relationship with them over the years. More love than hate lately, but it's been rocky with me and them, okay? Uh, we, we, make, we, we break up to make up. Um, but they got a lot going on, man. Uh, a lot of really interesting stuff. I mean, standouts for me, Xenoblade Chronicles 3, Live Alive, uh, Splatoon 3, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. I'm totally in on that. Advance Wars 1 and 2, Bayonetta 3. Uh, Breath of the Wild sequel, Metro. I mean, they are they're stacked, bro. And and when we think about the year so far, like they've already, you know, they've already instilled a lot of confidence in us that they have a, a really nice cadence coming up. So I think those down years, of, uh, down years, down months of August and October, I think they're going to populate some stuff in those spots. I wouldn't be surprised if um, we get a release date for Bayonetta around October. That'd be kind of cool. Um, and maybe the Advance Wars 1 and 2 remake drops in August uh, since they might want to get that out uh, sooner than later before the holiday rush kind of drowns it out. Real quick, I, I, um, I saw something where they're willing to sit on Advance Wars all the way up to 2024 if they had to. I don't think that which uh, is I don't know crazy. about that because then you got you got to play the pre-order game with people that already put money down on that thing and that's weird. Yeah, and, no no, for sure, for sure. Yeah, you yeah. Don't, you don't want to do that. I mean, you don't want to do that. Yeah. Um but yeah, I think overall I think they have a really really exciting year ahead. And um this isn't even counting how they support some of their games post release too with DLC and stuff like they have a lot of really really Mario Kart What's that? The Mario Kart. Oh track yeah, yeah, releases. stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, things like that go a long way. And um, you couple that with you know peppering in some new additions to their um, you know their uh, virtual console stuff. I think they got a really, really good run ahead of them. I, so much so that I don't think we're hearing a peep about a Switch successor uh, until 2024. Well, I, I think at this point, I, I, based on kind of like when you're looking, when you see. When you see, um, man, I'm blanking out on the game already. Uh, when you see Xenoblade Chronicles Three and what they're doing graphically, and with, I think that in order for them to 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 for us to get a Chronicles Four or to get a, another Zelda and, and and kind of advance 
what they've already done. I think that we might they might need to to find finally release another switch in order for them to to be able to do that. I, but I'm with you. I, I wonder what they'll do because Nintendo's not very friendly when it comes to switching consoles. They don't really do BC backwards compatibility right. and, like that. So and the problem is they don't have to. Like there's no I, I, uh, there's right. there's no numbers that's going right. down for your for, for Nintendo. Yeah. They're they're staying the consistent. Only, the, yeah, the only time that didn't it backfire on them was when they did the super the the 3ds plus, and they had some exclusive games on there for just the plus, and then they 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 stopped making games specifically just for that system. Yeah. Um. So I wonder it. I wonder if it'll be that where it's like, hey, yeah, we'll release games for both, but you know there might be some exclusive games to the Switch too or something. But um, you know, Nintendo gonna Nintendo, they're gonna do some fucking funky shit, and we're gonna be like. Oh, I hate them. Pre-order, you know, that's just the way it works. <laughs> yeah, the I'm, I'm surprised me and Marco yeah. haven't uh, gone in on the OLED, um, but you know, but it is what it is. We're we're part of the problem, and and we don't care. Uh, but everything you said, I agree with, man. I I do think that um, I, I do wonder. Uh, because Nintendo's not afraid to take years off. Uh, they've done it before. Uh, they, they're right now ramping up. Uh, I wonder if after Breath of the Wild 2, what's going to happen? Are, are we going to see a Mario Kart 9? Are we going to see a, a, a 3D Mar- a 3D Mario, a 2D Mario? Um, you know, are... Uh, you know, I, I just wonder what what's gonna happen after those big releases. Uh, if if we're gonna have like a lull, I, I, I'm interested to see what they're gonna launch their new uh, console with uh, in 2024 or even 2025. I want you know, it's usually a Zelda game. I don't think they'll be doing that with Breath of the Wild two uh, coming next year. But we'll see. Maybe they'll drop one next year and, and surprise everybody with, with Breath of the Wild. We'll see. Uh, there's a lot, it's, it's very, very, very hard to kind of predict what Nintendo's going to do because they crazy. Uh, <laughs> all right. So let's move on here to Xbox roadmap. Uh, we'll start with July with Xbox. July has as dusk falls. Uh, as of right now, they don't have anything for August, September. They have Warhammer 40,000, uh, dark tide and grounded 1.0 release. I added grounded on here cause it's like the official release of the game. But you know, if you guys want to fight me and say that's not a new release, Hey, I'm with you. I- I'll agree. I'll take it off. Matter of fact, I'm, I'm erasing it right now. Right it's gone. Second. Right now. It's gone. Yep. It's gone. Uh, October, we got scorn. Uh, we got gunfire reborn, which people, have said that that game is good. Uh, cool for them. Not playing that. Uh, High on life. Uh, it's a game that I've come around to. Um, not that I'm looking forward to it, but like I'm I'm interested in in in, in playing a game that that could potentially be funny. Uh, you know, oh they, they, it's super hard to nail. Like the guys behind it, you know, are known to be uh, quote unquote funny guys. Uh, they've written for, they write the creators of Rick and Morty, which people like. Uh, I'm not really a fan. We'll put a pin uh, in that one. I'm coming back to that one. I'm I'm setting all y'all okay, straight yeah, on yeah, that I, game, but we'll go. We'll get there. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I, yeah, we'll get there. Uh, in November we got Pentiment. Um, in December we got Hello Neighbor Two. Uh, 2022 unscheduled releases: Slime Rancher Two and Somerville, which they said is coming out this year. Um. Confirmed for 2023, Arc 2, uh, Airband, Shadow Legacy, Forza Motorsport, Redfall, Replaced, Stalker 2, Starfield, Valheim, and the last case of Benedict Fox. Uh, unconfirmed for you? 2023, 
and beyond. We got Avowed. We got Routine. We got Hellblade 2, Senua Sacrifice. We got Contraband, Indiana Jones, which is unconfirmed as to whether it's going to be exclusive or third party, but it is still a first party game regardless yeah. of where it comes out. State of Decay 3, Everwild, Fable, Perfect Dark, Gear 6, and Outer Worlds 2. Um, Marco. What's up, man? Talk to me about about uh, of Xbox. A little bit of a different story here compared to the other two. Um, all right. If we're talking roadmaps, we have to be honest about the 2022 portion of this roadmap being absolutely abysmal. Um, I'm not gonna it's pull abysmal. punches it's here. It's terrible. It's terrible. It's it is. I haven't said this to you um, offline, but I'll say it here, and I'm not. I promise, I'm not saying this to be you know extra uh, or controversial but there was a moment or two where i was like i don't know if i should have got my xbox so soon i don't know if i needed it so soon because it feels like it's taking so long for xbox to kick into gear that it almost feels like i might have made a mistake in getting this thing so soon like there was no reason because they have been just wildly inconsistent and i know I, i i promise this isn't my this isn't my shtick um when it comes to this kind of thing it's just like it's just bad out here. Um, and this year's bad. Like, high on life, guys, stop. Stop trying to gas this game up. I, I, on, on, on podcasts and, and everywhere else, like, I keep hearing all these people, you know, I've really, uh, I think I've come around on high on life. Man, yeah, I just said stop that. playing with me, guys. You're lying I, I to yourselves. This about, game, ha- game would have been, y'all wouldn't have thought twice about this if this showed up on Jeff Keighley's show. But because Xbox had it as a console launch exclusive, people are looking at this game like it's something that it's not, and it's aggravating, bro. Like, it's not, well, it's not it. It's not it, yo. Here's the thing. In the extended, they, they kind of talked about, you know, game development and how they approached it and how this is, like, their biggest uh, game uh, that they'll have, uh, that they have or whatever. But I I, I, I I'm not saying it's going to be good. I'm just, I should say I'm curious as to what this game is going to be. Is, is kind of where That's I'm fine. At. I mean, I just, I don't think there's anything special about it at all. But now, now getting to 2023, I think they are about to accidentally have a great year. <laughs> you know, just because of the delays. I think they're, they, they're going to yeah, stumble yeah. and fumble and slip and fall into a nice 2023 because of those delays. And the year is going to look stacked and, and it's going to seem like, Wow, there's a lot of stuff to look forward to. But I also think, um, even though this is kind of a nice-looking lineup, there's a lot of questions that revolve around each of these games that I'm really curious about. Forza Motorsports going live service. How's that going to play out? Um, you know, Forza has had a checkered history over the years. It hasn't really been talked about a lot, but Forza Motorsports been on the struggle bus for, uh, for some time with that. Uh, Redfall, you know, what is that game going to end up playing like? It's Arcane kind of taking a, a sharp left turn. What do we expect there? Uh, replaced, like, wh- is that even happening at this point? It just it just seems a little inconsistent. Soccer 2, what's going on out there, man? Like, I, you know, they're going through a lot. So is that even possible? Are, is, is the quality of the game going to suffer? Starfield, we talked about concerns, you know, in the last episode about that. Um, you know, so I, I think there's a lot of like asterisks and caveats to a lot of these games. Um, but overall, I'd say that I think they have a really nice outlook for 2023, but I think their roadmap has really suffered from terrible inconsistency, uh, when it comes to having a nice cadence of first party games. And it's, I think it's, it's, it's a huge pillar that they've failed at so far, in my opinion. And, um, I, I really hope that from 2023 on, uh, we really start seeing that stride that everybody's banking on. 
Yeah. I mean, I, I would say every game, it's unreleased, has some kind of asterisk or, or, or weight to be seen. But I would say for sure that uh, when it comes to Xbox, you tend to question just a little bit more because yeah. of how inconsistent they, they've been. Um, yeah, I, I would say this year is a wash. I mean, I it's one of the things that I was, you know, I was concerned about and I talked about it if, if, if Xbox wasn't going to do something in their showcase to, to bring 2022 up. Like, you know, everybody talked Wolfenstein 3. Um, that, that didn't even show up. I mean, nobody even talked about that. So, like, it, it's one of those things where it's a wash. I look, Pentiment is a nice... Pentiment is a game that, that would have been a nice addition to something else, right? To Starfield or, or, or something of that sort. So that that's a little disappointing um, that Pentiment... And I've mentioned this before, Pentiment is going to get a lot of stuff thrown onto it on its back of carrying 2022, which is absolutely insanity. It's not what that game is, is, is you know, is was made for. It's a little side project, passion project, uh, and that's how it should be looked yeah. at. But anyway, as for the future of, of this, I look how we talk about Nintendo... Nintendo right now is on a high. We're loving the hell out of Nintendo. But just a year or two years ago, Nintendo was, you know, in 2020, they released, you know, Animal Crossing. And that's about it. You know, it was just one of those, it was a bad year for them. And so I think a great year is going to wash out a lot of the, 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 the stuff that 2022 has done. So if if games like Replace Soccer 2 um, and Redfall hit, hard you know and then starfield it manages to hit as well i mean it's going to go down as one of their best years of all time in terms of quality of product now there are concerns for all those games you know uh, i i would be i would be I, honestly i'll say it i don't think i said this offline either i would be surprised if starfield does come out in the next 12 months i i think that they have to get that game right uh, and i think the criticisms that they received i don't know what they were expecting if in terms of the performance if they thought People were really going to be like, it's it's Bethesda, it's BGS. They, they do what they do when it comes to performance. But I think uh, I I think those concerns about performance are legit and valid. I'm personally excited for the game. I'm really looking forward to it. But you know, I I, I don't want to play a Starfield game in 2023 where uh, it's, it's sub 20 frames per second and the shooting looks it's, it feels bad. They have to get that right. And yeah, I would be okay if Starfield does get delayed past uh, the first front of the year if. Redfall, Replace, Stalker 2, Forza hit hard, and they have to hit, and, that, and that's kind of, you know, it's still up to see. Now, it, it goes to be said that these games are all coming out in the first part of the of the year, uh, so they still have the fall to, to rely on. So games like Gavad could come out, Hellblade 2 probably, um, you know, uh, maybe, uh, I don't know, maybe Indiana Jones to kind of you know, to, to go with the movie that's coming out next year. Maybe they're, they're holding that. There's a lot of stuff that, that, that can really add to 2023 that can really kill it for them. Um, but I, I think one of the things about the roadmap that I am kind of, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm less concerned is I don't think, I don't think Xbox is going to ever have a year like 2022 again. Uh, in terms of not having anything, they could, however, have games like Perfect Dark, Fable, Everwild, State of Decay Three come out and just be be mid. You know, they could have a bad year that way. Yeah. But in terms of the game not having games, I, I think that conversation is is gonna, you know, it's gonna fade away into like maybe having great games or maybe not having good games. You know, you know, we'll, we'll see, we'll see if by the end of this console cycle, Xbox is just still. Halo and Gears, um, or if they found a new something new within the franchises like Fable and Perfect Dark or, or something of that sort. Gotcha. Um, I, the other the other thing that I put here 
that I forgot to mention is the finalization of the Activision Blizzard deal. You know, having games like Diablo 4 on Game Pass and 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 maybe perks for Overwatch 2, anything they do in the future, that could be a pretty uh, uh, a pretty big deal uh, going forward for them. Uh, but I, I ultimately I really hope that these games hit and they hit hard and they're of quality and we can start really the competition can really start uh, going forward in terms of like not competition but more like. Ha- ha- PS5 and Xbox Series X both being must-haves con- uh, consoles. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and Marco, t- to Marco's point, you know, if you didn't have an Xbox Series X, um, you wouldn't be missing anything. You know, maybe Forza uh, Horizon 5, but you could have played that on an Xbox One X. Uh, maybe you're missing some kind of, like, graphical upgrades on that for sure. But, I mean, like, really, you'd have spent $500 for a Forza Motorsport. You know, I don't know if that, that's the case. Personally, I, I'm happy with my purchase because that's where I play all my third-party games. Uh, but, you know, I, I would say if you look at Essential... I think if you if you're a, a gamer that just likes games and essentially just wanted to get two consoles that uh, were going to possibly net you great games, that's PS5 and the Switch. You, those you have to have those two consoles, I think, right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, man, that that's where I'm at. Um, let me ask you, got you anything else. Let me ask you this yeah. before we wrap: If you had to rank the roadmaps for you from uh-huh. third, second, and first, what would you what would you put? Yeah, that's a little difficult because I was thinking about that. I was going uh, through it because I mean, just on twenty twenty two alone, you really uh, Xbox almost seems like it's out of the conversation. But when you look at the other, the future, uh, fuck, the future is like crazy right now. But I think I would go. I think I would go the way that we've actually. Um, I think it would be for me, if I'm being honest, it'll probably. It's probably Nintendo, PlayStation, Xbox mm. as it stands. Okay. Um, okay. And the Nintendo PlayStation are really close. Uh, I will say I think Xbox has the potential to really dominate the next two years after this year uh, in terms of the conversation. But it's just so many question marks. Yeah. You know, so many question marks. Yeah. It's hard for me to, to, to really judge it on that. Yeah. How about you? I, I, um, I would have to go with um, PlayStation, Nintendo, and Xbox as, as my three. I think PlayStation has... They might not have as many games as Xbox have, but I think that they have had a more consistently solid um, group of games come out, and I really trust that. Um, Nintendo um, is is coming up into a really nice stride and second win for the Switch that I think is going to be really fun to experience, um, and that makes that console kind of lose a bit of the dust that it can that it can have some some sometimes but um i'm really excited about that and i think xbox can have a great year just because you're third in in last doesn't mean you suck and i think that they have they have a great opportunity to be a wild card uh in in a lot of ways um i don't think that their path forward is a guaranteed uh banger after banger kind of thing uh to your point earlier i think there's a lot of potential for some mid uh, in a lot of this catalog, but I think if they can get their management down with these first-party games, if they can um, also figure out what the hell they're going to do with Halo Infinite, we forgot to kind of you know lean into that. Like that's a live service game, and that's Halo. Yeah, so yeah, what are you yeah, gonna? Yeah, yeah. How are you gonna support that over the, the next Tatanka. few years? That's a big deal, man. So there's there's more questions than answers right now about Xbox, which is why it's hard to say definitively. Oh, they're number one, just because they have the most games coming out, you know, uh, under first party banner. I just think yeah. they have a lot of stuff to figure out now, and um, can they climb up to that second spot? Absolutely, but I can't I can't pretend like this year doesn't exist. Uh, when I think about yeah. the roadmap, it's going to be horrible for the rest of this year, and I I can't 
there's no overstating that. That's just it's bad, and I can't forgive yeah, that it, all the way. It's, Not for Xbox. It's super. It's super bad. Um, you know, and I think what it's all said and done, PlayStation and Nintendo will have just as many games as, as Xbox in terms of first party titles. Yeah, it's just that they 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 haven't they didn't get overzealous and, and announce some of this stuff. Um, yeah. and, and look, and to your point as well, I think you know. Can PlayStation and Nintendo fall on their flat on their face? Yeah, sure, it's all possible. All of it is possible. But when you look at the history and the past, how it informs the future, it'd be hard. It'd be hard for me to believe that Xbox would outdo both of them uh, as it stands. And and I would love to get proven wrong. Everybody knows I'm an Xbox guy. I love Xbox. Uh, I'm looking forward to the future. But if I if I had to put money down as who's going to have the best year when it's all said, the best console cycle when it's all said and done. I would not put my money on, on Xbox right now, unfortunately. Mm. I would love to, but that's just not the way that would work out. Well, that's, uh, that's going to wrap up our show uh, done? for today. Uh, we'll see you again on Monday for our uh, Hit Points-centric uh, ep- episode. Uh, so be sure to subscribe to our podcast to stay notified when it drops. You're welcome, and we'll see you next time.